I know that many of you that listen to Soul Nectar show are following your heart on that path of purpose and along the way of unleashing your medicine into the world, you've got to encounter a few paradigm shifts. And one of them is our relationship to money. And the other one is how we work and how we attract to us those that would be served by our gifts. Today's guest, Julie Fouch, is going to share with us how she has learned to market herself the feminine way. She's here to teach us the art of feminine marketing. Join us. Join us on this beautiful journey. So let show. So show. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, the big mystery, the divine, the beyond the veil, the synchronistic moments those precious feelings in your heart that when you follow them, they lead you through the doorway of fear usually. And then on the other side is some amazing realization, awakening and expansion. And I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I love having these conversations. I love bringing you along with us to just hear stories around the campfire. You know, like let's share our stories of how we realize something really potent that we want to share with somebody else. Today's guest is Julie Fouch. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Carrie. I'm super happy to be here. I'm glad for you to be here. So Julie, I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot of people in my audience feel a call to purpose. And when you start doing that call to purpose, you realize that the way you've been domesticated up until now to market your business is actually marketing using your man brain. And that doesn't necessarily work when we're doing purpose work aligned with the divine, which kind of operates a bit more like our feminine side. So Julie found the same thing and she decided to take her own coaching business seriously. She hired a high-end coach like many people do and learned to market like a man and then doubled and tripled her income. So it was great financially, but then felt drained, uninspired and, and restless. Like that's not making me happy. So urged by spirit, she embraced her essential womanness and birthed a new way, the art of feminine marketing. And now Julie teaches female coaches, teachers, and healers who are frustrated with traditional marketing, how to build six-figure businesses through the art of feminine marketing. So we're here to hear about that today because who doesn't want to know about that? And some other pertinent facts about Julie is that she's also a mom. She's got four children, two stepchildren, two fur babies and seven grandchildren. So like not only a mom, but a grandma. So like, so awesome. Welcome, Julie. Thank the you. The Soul Nectar Show. Oh, we actually now have eight grandbabies. <gasps> we have a COVID baby in the family now. Another baby. So another little one. Yeah, super exciting. Beautiful. So lovely. So much wisdom. I'm sure you're imparting to all of your children and grandchildren. What a beautiful spot to be in. Yeah, it's really interesting because I came to a lot of this late. My children, I had my children really early and got to grow up with them basically. (laughs) And then came into the spiritual awakening when they were in their teen years. 
Some of them even had left home. And they get it a lot by osmosis. But really with my granddaughters who live four minutes away from me, they get a lot of it just from chatting with me. And it's really fun to see that and to listen to them. The other day, they're seven and nine now, and they were talking about what their magic was and sharing, like, you know, Kiki was like, well, my magic is I know things before they happen. And, you know, Maddie's magic is she can feel what other people are feeling, but it's so fun to hear them talk about it and then be able to, with the little empath, be able to say, you can feel other people's feelings. So you need to figure out when they're your feelings or not. And, and to have that influence at this age, I'm excited to see what they do with it as grownups and as going through the world that, you know, says to all of that. Yeah. Up until now, because there's enough of us out here now experiencing the art of feminine intuition and connection to spirit and what it can give you, you know, in terms of effortless grace and the flow. So talk a little bit about your own realization of that. Cause I, I know along my journey of opening up my own purpose path, of course, I also went the more traditional masculine route as well. And was like trying to figure it out. I had a feminine coach, but she was always like, okay, just pick three rocks, put the rocks in the box, like those three rocks, like just pick those three. And then on those underneath those three is three more things or something like that. And so it was a very like, and she's an awesome coach and it was great, but I couldn't answer those questions all the time. Like, because my heart was just calling me in so many directions and I didn't know how to like answer that call. So it was kind of after a while, it was like, well, like I was feeling there was more and I was feeling muddled, like confused and muddled. And how do I make sense of all this with all this trying to force a structure on it? And I found a different way. So tell us about your own path. Yeah, that's really interesting because when I started And I started journaling and talking to source when my oldest son was like two. So I hate to even think 37 years ago, 36 years ago, something like that. And then when I went into coaching, when I discovered coaching, I didn't even know what it was, but I wanted to do something to empower women. I had just left a very abusive marriage. I had struck out on my own and I had discovered that I wasn't the weak little wimp that I thought I was, right? That I actually could take care of myself. And I wanted to do something to empower women. And I worked with a shaman and I worked with a Reiki master and I worked with a psychic and, you know, had all these women influence me, but I didn't know what coaching was or anything. And when I discovered coaching and I was doing personal development work and I discovered coaching and that's what I really wanted to do. And it was this cool little side gig for a while. And I'd make one or $2,000 a month at it. And then I went to my PR job in my black corporate suits and did that. And then the, the housing market crashed and my husband's land use business crashed with it. And I had to figure out how to make money with this business. And so I hired a coach. She's a beautiful woman, absolutely loved her. But like you, it was pick the three rocks, right? And all of that kind of spiritual stuff got put on a back burner and I didn't talk about it. So I would bring a client in and we were going to work on their business. And I'd say, now close your eyes and tap in and let's take you into the spiritual garden and then go, whoa, right? <laughs> like That's not what I expected. 
And there was a disconnect in my marketing and what I was actually doing with clients. And I started to go really, really masculine, like now we're going to build a funnel and here's like the five steps and here's how we do a launch. And and it just was so heavy. And I'll be honest, sometimes I can still fall into that. Like my head geeks out on, yeah, we're going to build a funnel, right? Let's do a marketing plan. And I can totally geek out on that stuff. But what happened is I was starting to feel restless. And then I didn't listen because I'm stubborn. And I got into a car accident. So I was rear-ended and really messed up my back. I was stopped at a stoplight. And this guy decided he didn't want to stop for the stoplight or something. So I couldn't work the way I was working. Right. I had been working, you know, 12 hour days, six days a week, and I couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't get up, have a client call, and then go lay on ice again. And that was about it. And in those still moments, this voice started to come in saying, There's really a better way. There's a better way for women to work. There's a better way for you to work. And I went back to my spiritual practices. I went back to my journaling and I do when I journal, it's a combination of journaling and meditation. It's not just writing and really listening to that voice and listening to what is the more spiritual way of running a business. And then I announced to the world that that's what I was doing. And I remember sitting at at the dining room table with my computer and my husband was on his computer opposite me. And he said, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, I don't think I have a choice, right? And I was sobbing. I had tears running down my face. I thought I was going to blow up my business. And I pushed the button and I sent the email that said, sometimes I even pull out a tarot card. And this is not just about building a launch. This is about having spirit guide your business. And everything changed for me in that moment. Number one, I got a lot of feedback. I thought everybody was going to like unsubscribe and tell me I was crazy. I got so much love from that email, which is Source's way of saying you're on the right track, right? And then my business started growing organically and it felt easier. Gosh, it's so much easier to say, I made this decision because I dropped into a meditation. I connected to the, the soul of my tribe and my tribe told me what to do versus saying, here's how you do market research, right? It just feels juicier. It's happier for me and continues. My business continues to grow. That's so potent, really potent. Yeah. The Oracle cards, the tarot cards, however, you know, you want to, the soul cards, whatever you want to use, those can be a really potent avenue into information or insight that can even inspire the right languaging or the right timing to deliver something or, you know, the underlying essence of the conversation. So it's like, it's really opening to nuance and it's um, being guided more like than in my experience, it's more about being guided than about thinking it to death. Like thinking it just to me, like I get muddy. If I'm in my brain too much, it gets really muddy and muddled. You know, I have, um, the shadow of force in my gene keys. So I have to be really careful about forcing things. If I'm in the energy of force, then it's going to be blocked. And I'm going to feel like Atlas, like with the whole like earth 
on my shoulders, like trying to lift the entire thing, you know, Uh, that's not a place for me. Yeah, totally. And when you're feeling like that, it's really a sign that you need to stop, slow down and turn inward and use those practices. And I, I don't use the tarot cards as much anymore. Every now and then I'll pull them out, but I really like a pendulum now is another tool I use in the Akashic records all the time now, which is another great tool. And I pop in and out of it, the records anyway, constantly. So there's a lot of great tools. And I'm really a big fan of synchronicity and coincidence and paying attention to what's going on in nature out my window. You know, if the hummingbirds are buzzing my head, it's like, oh, I think I should pay attention to this. <laughs> Those are some of the, what I call the feminine tools of doing business. And if you're doing business, you have to have those pieces to really run a soul-centered business, but you can't ignore the masculine. You know, if I've got the hummingbirds and I can't remember what hummingbirds are about, but I think they're about a certain way. I'd have to look them up. They're a certain way of working and pulling nectar out of things. You know, I'll be like, okay, now I've got to apply that to my business. You know, where am I not pulling the nectar? Where am I not taking the actions that support what is being told to me in the feminine? And you can't just be in one or the other. And that's really what I learned. I I had been all in my masculine and I had started to dry up. But if you go all in the feminine, then it's all like flowy with no river banks and nothing gets done. And so it's that sweet combination of where do we take action that is inspired by what we are learning from our feminine and our connection. I love that. Yeah. I want to say also, like I've learned that the animal guides can also be allies. So especially in my work, you know, as I teach earth-based spirituality and as a tool of self-healing and to stand in your power, know yourself, you know, one of my big totems is hummingbird, obviously this came to me and I changed my name because of it. It's like, oh, this is me, right? I'm a messenger. So hummingbird is often a messenger of spirit. Like, hey, it's time to get some nectar. It's time to step out of the ordinary. It's time to step into the mythical. And oftentimes people before they, like they're considering working with me or just heard about me or something and hummingbirds will show up all over the place. (laughs) Kind of go like, reinforce the point. Like, hey, it's really time. Like you should book that call. You know, like let's, Maybe maybe that's why they've been hanging out this week. <laughs> it, it does tend to happen. I'm just saying like people report to me on the calls, on discovery calls are like, my hummingbirds have been all over me this week. And I'm like, they're my ally. Like, yes, they're trying to tell you like, yes, this is confirmation, right? Like we're all wanting confirmation. And so, yes, this is a confirmation. Like you should have this call. You should do this. So I wouldn't say all hummingbirds are all, you know, it's not about me, but people that are already kind of in my space, like it tends to show up. And I think that's really a messenger. Like we can actually, what I've learned is I can actually call on the animal allies and I can say, Hey, of the people connected to me or the people that need to hear my message or need to work with me, I welcome you to make it known to them, like in whatever way makes sense for them. You know, I'll call on Jaguar and I'll say, Jaguar, you know, give them something enticing, you know, so that they see that I'm here, help them find, you know, put some breadcrumbs along the path, like guide them you know, to working with me. And it's um, that part of manifestation is also, it's a beautiful thing when you realize that we're all connected, you know, psychically, 
and to be in responsibility with that too. That's another whole level of working the, the feminine. If you would talk about that, that'd be great. You know, um, the responsibility of working with the feminine marketing side too. Yeah, that's a really good question. So there's a couple of rules that I have for working with with in the feminine and in the responsibility of it. First of all, and the big one is there are people that I was, I am here to serve. There are people you are here to serve, right? And like, there's no competition between you and I, because your people are your people and my people are my people. One of my shadows in my, my gene keys, and I don't know very much about it, but I know that, that, that I have this shadow of competition, right? So I'll feel it. I'll be on a call with a woman and I'll be like, she's gonna, oh, that's just my shadow, right? So one of, and it's like in the very top of my chart. So one of my rules is look for collaborations with people who do the same thing, right? It's totally opposite of everything we were taught in marketing school. Yeah. In the collaborations with women who do the same thing I do, because that's me growing into the collaborative and the way that women are meant to work. We're made to work in community and collaboration. So that's just a personal rule based on my own design. But some of the bigger rules are things like I'm really psychic. And so I have a rule that I don't read somebody without their permission, right? I'm not, I'll get these knocks and I'll be like, hey, do I have permission to channel your dead mother? Like, I will say that to clients. I just won't launch into it. And if it's not a client situation, I don't have permission. So I won't do it. So that's a big rule that I have with marketing or with just how I run my business. As far as how I market, I think that was your original question. Just like... You're touching on a lot of really important parts to responsible feminine marketing. I mean, because feminine marketing is about the energetics. It's about the energetics, it's about the flow, it's about tapping into the earth and the consciousness. And it's really about like realizing you're connected to everybody. So there's like, like last night I was in a deep meditation and I was shown how my very vessel being a human on the planet and going back like, you know, generations and generations, like I know, for example, our genealogy goes back to England. Like we have some royalty. So like, I know that in my, so I was like traveling up that line and I was like, wow, from this place all the way back here, I'm in touch with all of these people. Like, because think about, and I got this message in my brain, you're already connected to a billion people just by your body. I was like, whoa, I'm connected to a billion people just with my body. Like, that's crazy, right? Like I'm one person, but because of my ancestry and because of all the ways that my ancestry branched out, I'm connected with a whole billion people. And then if we go to the human genome, we're connected with everybody. And then if we go with, you know, so with our larger genome, we're connected with the whole planet. So there's like this idea that you're already connected to everybody. You don't need social media. That's just a thing of the mind. That's your mind talking to you. So do we need avenues for people to reach us? Yeah, we need a website. We do need some social media presence, but that's not the way often that it's gonna reach the person. Like. That's why we do these, I do these podcasts because I feel like, first of all, it supports people who don't have money right now to work on this. So people can tune into these broadcasts, get free advice, get free tips, get free energetics. Like I'm sending love the whole time out, like, you know, because it's a gift, but also it's like 
the real connection is going to happen because the souls are going to align themselves and you're going to get connected when you need to be connected. Like you were saying, the competition thing, somebody might work with me to unlock their, you know, their purpose. And then they might go and work with you because they want to like market it now and they want to do that effectively. And you've got all those skills, you know? So it's like, we just need to not worry about that in our brains. Exactly. We need to turn off our brains. One of the things that I, I do and I teach my clients is to turn on before you do marketing in the physical world, before you make the Facebook posts and send the email, you turn on a lighthouse inside that the right people can send, right? So the right people can find you. And then you take action on that by writing your, your posts. Now, when we get into marketing, now I remember what I wanted to tell you. So marketing, and you can start to dissect marketing and look at this. There's two things that happen in marketing. There's the away from motivators and there's the towards motivators. So people either want to move away from feeling something or they want to move towards feeling something. And it's all about emotion. It's all about feeling. And what has happened in traditional marketing is that's been really manipulated, right? And I actually even saw it the other day in something where someone said, you can have this, this, and this, but only if you work with me, because otherwise you're going to be right, really icky. So in feminine marketing, we take those away from and towards motivators, and we actually find your unique language with them. And then we phrase it in a way that's really acknowledging where they are without using it to manipulate them. And everybody has their own unique word and their own unique phrases that we can dig out in order to discover how to talk to your people. So we go into your childhood wounds, we pull out your words, and then we start to craft it in a way that honors the person because they want to be acknowledged. Like if I say you're really frustrated with marketing, my people go, fuck, oh, can I cuss on your show? Yeah, you can. <laughs> totally fine. Oh, good. I put the explicit rating on so we can be free. <laughs> thank goodness. Or thank God. Thank the goddesses. Yeah. So my clients go, yes, I am so frustrated. And it makes me, and traditional marketing makes me feel small and powerless. And yes, and thank you for acknowledging that, right? And then they're already half bought in when I have the conversation to see if I'm the right person to help them. And so there's a way that we can wrap those into your marketing that really honors. And it's all about honoring. And I think of marketing as your first act of service to your people. So does your first act of service make them feel better or does it give them hope? Does it acknowledge where they are? Does it ignore where they are? And we wrap both the away from and the towards motivators because some people really want to get away from and some people are more motivated towards but we wrap those in in a way that's really honoring and that's service and gives them a piece of hope. And I think that's something that if you watch marketing, you'll see it in different ways from different people, but it's always there. And then the second piece of the marketing, so that's all the feminine, that's all the feely, that's all the connection stuff we do. And the second part of the marketing is you got to feed the head, right? And go to the masculine, which is, you know, you feel this way, what you really want is you want to have a big influence. You want to be acknowledged as a leader in your field. And by the way, if you invest with me, you're going to have some marketing skills that will help you build a foundation to a six or seven figure business. And that's when the head goes, okay, heart, you can have it. 
right? So we've got to have both the heart and the head in there. We've got to have that feminine feeling, 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 connection <laughs> going all country on us, you know, collaborative, being in it together. And the other thing that, that the other piece of this is I like to position myself as a co-creator with my clients, not as the guru up here, right? Because I just have certain skills and talents that they need. That doesn't make me better than them. That doesn't make me a guru. And we have a whole guru industry that's built that really makes people feel worse about themselves. Yeah, I don't like all that stuff. I mean, I don't know. Some I see a lot of people that are in my business that post those pictures of themselves like having some dream life you know, like on Bali or something. And they're like having this beautiful dream life and they're like all slender and their hair is tossing about in the wind or something. And I think about myself, I'm like, I've never been interested in that. So I've always sort of kept my photos to be very realistic. Like this is how I am today. This is how I feel today. You know, I'm, I'm just being with whatever is up and that message is sometimes hard to get to people because I do feel like people are trained to look for like the perfect life pictures. And I feel like that's an illusion. So I don't mark it that way. And it is a slower road because people want to believe that they have some perfect picturesque life awaiting them on the other side of this like six week course. And what I'm here to say is like, you no, know, this is life. Like enjoy it right now. Like there's a beauty. And there's the icky and they're side by side. So if you want the beauty, you've got to accept the icky and it happens right now. And it's a harder message for people, you know? So I understand that it's taken a while to get some traction on it. You know, it's the truth. So I like to stick with that, but I understand what you're talking about. Like those ads, I compare myself to those ads all the time. And I'm constantly questioning myself. Do I need to make one of these pictures where my hair is blowing in the wind and I look perfect and I'm on the beach and I'm, like, do I have to do that? I don't want to. Then don't. <laughs> and try it and see how you feel about it. Like, even if you make the pictures, you don't have to use them. That's true. But it's one of those things where, you know, my life is real and I share that. Now, I don't share, I'm not going to write an email if I'm like under my desk crying one day, but. I'll do the work to get myself out of there. And then I'll write the email and say, hey, yesterday I was under my desk crying. I don't think I've ever gotten under my desk to cry. <laughs> curled up in a ball on the floor. <laughs> I've curled up in a ball on Mother Earth for sure. I've, I've just flat out belly to belly with the mother, just like, please take this burden. Yeah. And that is a powerful image and a powerful message. And I've got images because I work with a photographer. I bring her into my program. She's a really, really good friend with of mine. We're actually going to dinner on Saturday because <laughs> first time going every year. And we're we're all like, yes. But those images, the images of me, we have images of me with chains on or images of me just sobbing in a corner. And those are really powerful images to share. And they're not pretty. <laughs> not pretty at all, but they carry a message. And then I also have the beautiful shots. You know, I have the waterfall in Hawaii because that's my life too. 
You know, I take my clients to these gorgeous places and we shoot and we have that. So we have both in my marketing. I am not only going to show you pictures of me shopping on Rodeo Drive because that's really inauthentic to who I am. I'm not going to rent a mansion and take pictures of me in the mansion and then tell you that's my house. Like, yes, some people do that. People do that. They <laughs> rent a boat, take pictures of the... Now, if I am out on the lake and we rent a boat and we're having fun, you might get those pictures. But there's a level of authenticity that people are looking for. They want real connection. And the fake guru, like I listened to somebody and it was an inner circle conversation. So be really careful. But they were talking about this huge launch they did and how proud they were. And it, it was over a million dollar launch that they brought in working 17 hour days for six weeks with a team of, I don't even know how many on the team, and then paying out several hundred thousand of dollars in affiliate fees. And they were so proud of this. And I'm like, but what they advertise is they can teach you how to do a million dollar launch, right? And when I looked at it and the cost and the the time and the payout, I'm like, really? That was not a million dollar launch, right? That's the smoke and mirrors we hear about in our industry. That's the guru thing of everything is beautiful and perfect on the outside. And I know some of these perfect people and I will tell you it absolutely is not. Yeah, that's the thing is like be authentic. I thought you were going to say that that campaign was all about self-care and how you can like just gracefully find your way. <laughs> that would be fun. I was, I was like, oh, I was just waiting for it. I was like, here it comes, here it comes. But yeah, like it's, it wasn't exactly what they said. So I asked myself that question. Like I, it's important to me, I'm out here talking all the time to be an in integrity. Like, am I walking my own talk? Am I actually living a life as I say I'm living it? Or am I like, there are times when I do get myself twisted up and I'm in, you know, I committed to too many things and I like work in those 10 hour days. And I'm like, man, and I'll do that for a few days in a row. But then I, I do walk my talk. I realize it and I go, that's too much. I need downtime. I need self-care time. And then I'll have times where like this week has been pretty relaxed. So I've been able to rest. I've been able to do some ceremony. I've been able to, you know, check in with myself, take some walks, and just like, I really, I'm having lunch today with my mom. Like I, I haven't really, I wouldn't say I really worked that hard this week, but I had a lot of stuff last week. Right. So, so I think it's important that we walk our talk is what I'm trying to say. Like whatever message you're putting out there, you should actually be living that. Otherwise it's not accurate. Yeah. And I think there's a place where you have to give yourself grace around that as well. Like you said, sometimes you fall into it. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, wait. I just worked a 10-hour day. I don't think I've worked a 10-hour day. (laughs) I have done it when I was publishing my book. Like that's, launches are one of those times that, you know, you're trying to get it done and get it out there and it can slide into that. Launches can slide into that. But I do work, like my goal is 20-hour weeks. Now, I don't always hit 20-hour weeks. I'm often, I'll do a 30-hour week. But I will find myself and I'll be like, oh, whoa, I did not stop today. I need to like stop and take the time. And then here's the other side of this. That's really interesting. We're not talking about marketing anymore, but here's the other side of this is that my husband is semi-retired now. 
he's he's looking at what he wants to do because he's bored. But he's here and he's been here since the start of the pandemic and he's downstairs. So there are days where I'll be like, oh, it's a work day. I think it's too early to quit. I'll just read celebrity gossip, right? (laughs) Because there's this whole guilt thing about I should work more. Like the belief pops in that a workday is 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I already don't start till 10. And I quit at four. So if I feel if my body goes, oh, it's 2.30, I don't want to work anymore. I'm like, no, I need to find something, right? I fall into that trap of somebody else's rule says I have to do it this way. Exactly. So I think we have to we have to give ourselves grace around that and recognize that yes we are constantly getting message for messages from outside and it happens and then we just go oh okay back to my practices. Oh, and well. I think it's finding a balance that you that feels good for you. And that balance that f- feels good for you I'm just thinking I'm t- I'm hearing myself talk and I'm going what are you going to say Carrie? Because I also have the goal of stillness in this life and the shadow of stress. And so if I'm in my shadow, then I'll make myself so busy that I'll be experiencing stress. And so I've learned to be like, okay, restraint on that. Because sometimes downtime, like I used, I also have this issue with time. Time is another fact. For a lot of people, time is a factor, right? Like you feel like I only have so much time and I want to get as much done as I can in this lifetime, or I want to go, like when you really feel your purpose, you want to go for it, like do it. But it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So it's like you have to build in this downtime, this quiet time with the feminine, especially to get redirected because sometimes you'd be like high charging in one area and then realize, oh, wait a second, the energy fell out of this. Like, where'd it go? The energy's gone. Okay, I need to, I need to stop and ground and center. Sometimes I'll like I had a launch recently where I didn't have signups. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I wonder why. And it was because I got in one of those high charging modes and I wasn't paying attention. You know, because all signs were pointing to you need space because there's big stuff you already signed up for. You're underestimating how much effort that's going to take. And so I was really glad that that class didn't fill about a week later. I was like, I forgot about this piece that I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the other side of it, right? We can go way too into just being in the feminine. And this doesn't happen to me as much, but because I work with clients, Like I see this with a lot of clients where it's, what did you do for your business today? Well, I meditated, great. And then I walked on mama earth, great. And then I, you know, rested and all that's really good, but it's got it. You've got to have the action with it, right? You've got to bring in the masculine. You've got to lay some breadcrumbs so people know you're open for business. And so you do that, you know, from that spiritual place, from soul place, from dropping into raising your vibration, dropping into meditation, sending the invitation there. And then you actually have to sit down on your freaking computer or walk out to a networking event or, you know, send somebody, make a phone call. You've got to do the actions in the physical world as well. And so as we're having this conversation about the two of us who can be way too in our masculine, I also want to point out the other side for those women who are can totally go completely hermit on the world that they have to find strategies to also employ their masculine. And, and it's good to be around somebody who's got discipline. 
you know? So we can all help each other is what I'm trying to say. We can all help each other. So if you find yourself as one of those people that is all flow and it's hard to get action in there, then get around somebody who's got a lot of good action going on, like knows how to make stuff happen. And, you know, glean, like you can ghost like on that person. Like, what do you call that? When we, like when you're skating and you, you draft, Drafting. you yeah. can draft, you know, <laughs> you can draft on that person's discipline, you know, like it, you can draft on that. And for me, I'm drafting on people who are like really good with flow because I need more flow. Like I'm learning to flow with things and not force things so much. So I'm drafting with people who are more flow-like, you know, so I can, be more gentle, loving, and kind with myself and all of these master plans I have for healing the entire planet. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I think that there's a couple of good places to do that. One is to have a mentor or a coach, you know, somebody that you've hired to join a mastermind group. And I, oh, crows. I think the crows are building nests right now because they are, you know, up in my window. And, but Crows are one of my animals. So I'm like, hmm. They're very mystical and magical creatures. They are. They're about noticing the magic in everyday life. So I talk a lot. We have a lot of crows, but just like right up at the window. So, oh, masterminds. I love mastermind groups for this very reason. And I, I love to run mastermind groups because you've got, it's not just you and one person, which I also love, but it's all these other energies you can draft on when you need them. It's all the viewpoints that you get to, to tap into to choose your viewpoint. It's, you know, if one person in the mastermind is over here busy, somebody else can say, hey, what are you doing? You're off track, right? Like there's all these people looking in your fishbowl. And so I love mastermind groups and I create them for myself. You know, I have accountability partners who are my very, very good friends, but I use them for accountability as well. Like I, and they'll say to me, you said you were going to do this. Why didn't you do this? Right. Or man, you look really tired. Why are you not? (laughs) When was the last time you stopped to go outside? Right. Things like that. And so I think that's a couple of really great places to get that and, and not to go into groups where you're the same, right? You want to have that difference that both sparks you and challenges you to look inside at your own stuff and then to move move out of your own way. Yeah, it's good to complement the differences and to realize how we can all support each other with our own gifts. And there's not one perfect gift. They all are valuable at different times. So I love that. Yeah, the mastermind group. What a great idea. So how do people get started working with you if they want, if they're kind of at this point where they're like, you know what, I feel like I know my purpose, but I want to be able to language it and I want to be able to attract people to my offerings. I know there's lots of people in my audience who are, you know, consider themselves to be starseeds or light workers, people of purpose. And how do you get started with people? What's the process? So the first thing we do is we do a session. um, I call it the wound session because what we do is we look at your childhood wounds. And within your childhood wounds are the words that we can use to create those away from and towards motivators. We also, out of that, uncover what makes you unique in the marketplace so we know how to position you. 
And that's the very first thing I do with people because that's raw data that we can use to build on. And it's a very masculine kind of thing, but it gets us the raw data. And then we move into, depending on where they are, are there blocks that are getting in their way? Do they have ancestral blocks that need healing? Do they have ancient baths that need clearing? What gets in your way? We also move into energetically connecting with their right tribe so that they can get that, that masculine demographic information you need to market. But I do that on the spiritual level. You're not out there doing market research. You're turning inward and doing market research. And so we do that piece and then we can start to put together a marketing plan. And the marketing plans that my clients put together are unique to them because they're unique, right? And this is the thing that I really hate about the guru world is that the marketing plan is you do three web or you do, you know, five Facebook posts to a free gift, to a webinar, to your sales, and you do it in exactly that order. And like, that's great, but that doesn't work for everybody. So then we start to build a plan and we play and we tweak. And it's like, well, you did a Facebook live and felt like dying. Let's look at that. Like, was that because, you know, all your stuff is up or is that because Facebook lives aren't for you? You know, I tell my clients all the time, I can tell you exactly how to do a webinar. I've done webinars. I know what the process looks like. I will never do a webinar again because When I check in with my business, with the energy of my business, and I say, how are we going to market this? Should we do a webinar? The energy of my business crumples up. Like I can literally see it crumpling Mm. into the wall. And when I say, okay, well, what about a Facebook Live? It starts to pump up again, right? And so we go inside and we build the marketing strategy in collaboration with the energy of your business, the energy of what wants to be born in the world. Now we test and tweak it. We tried this, let's tweak that. Maybe this word instead of that word. It's a lot of marketing, it's a lot of fiddly bits. Fiddly bits. <laughs> That's an Elizabeth Perkins uh, phrase. <laughs> Cute fiddly, word. But I really like it. And so that's really the process. And then we're, we're tracking, we're doing the masculine part of tracking what brings in results for you. And what doesn't bring in results. And the other thing is, because I love money, I work with my clients a lot on their money stuff. Like really marketing makes no sense at all if you have a hidden subconscious belief that money is the root of all evil. That's a good one to clear. That's a good one to clear. Or that money is freely available, but it brings pain. Right? You're not going to make money then. There's all those money beliefs that will pop up when you start talking about marketing. So many and so many among the light work community and shaman shaman communities. I mean, there's a lot of poverty consciousness. Yeah. And it's really a rejection of power over. And so we can separate those things out. Yeah. We don't need to have deprive ourselves because we don't agree with the caste system. Money is a great <laughs> partner for getting it's a good partner message out in the world for doing mm-hmm. like I because I have money I get to take my clients to these amazing places that are really healing for them and really healing for me right I get to take courses with people 
that I adore and I get to stretch my mind and my understanding because I have money. I get to live in a beautiful place that really feeds my soul. Like all of that is because money is a partner. Money is not evil. Money is a part of source. Oh, I could really get on a high horse. Oh yeah. We could go get your whole broadcast on this topic. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have money if you want to go to Peru with me, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to make, if you want to have an initiation with the shamans, you got to have some money to get to Peru and work with them, you know, and then then you're spending money for them. You're giving them money and that helps their communities. So if you have money, you can spend it in in indigenous communities and give them support. So that's a good use of money. So there's plenty of ways that money is your friend. And it gives you, like last year, I opened up for Facebook and I I said, okay, I'm in in Peru and the indigenous people haven't had any tourism all year because of the country's lockdown. Here's these beautiful items they built if you have $144, you can buy one of these tapestries. I'll bring it home for you and mail it to you. And I'll give them money direct. So I had 10 people. We gave them like $12,000, you know, or some, I don't know, $1,200. So I'm getting way beyond myself. We raised like $1,200 for them, like in one day, bam, that's great. This year you're going to do 12,000. That fed them like for six months, you know what I'm saying? Because of the money differential. So it's, it's just like, yeah, I mean, and people that had 144 bucks, they bought that. I I think I sold 10 or 11 in one day, in a few hours, you know, and that made a huge difference in these people's lives because they're a collective. They all share the money among the whole, the whole collective, Uh, many, many families combined into one. So, you know, I think we need to start thinking about ourselves if we're, you know, if we're here for social activism, if we're here to raise up the consciousness of the planet and support people that have been trodden on. And the way to do that is to make some money, you know, using our gifts and then spread the wealth, you know? So that's, you know, we're the new Robin Hoods, you know what I'm saying? So like (laughs) be really successful in your business so you can share the wealth with other people who need it. That's the way I look at it. Absolutely. That's just one benefit. (laughs) Yeah. Another benefit of making a lot of money is you get to do things that make your life juicy, which raises your vibration which raises the vibration of everybody around you, which changes the planet. Like seriously, me being able, we're getting ready to do our fourth Grammy camp. Oh my God. And so I have these amazing experiences with my little people, with my grandchildren. And I couldn't do those experiences if I didn't have money. Now, it's nothing that's like what you did with your indigenous people or the people there, but it makes me so so happy. It's like gassing me up at the gas station. You know, it's like, that's a terrible analogy. (laughs) It fills me up so much that I'm able to then touch other people in this higher vibration. Like I couldn't do that without money. So you get to support causes. You get to fill yourself up. And I'll, I'll tell you, I've been really poor and I've had money and I, it's much easier to be in a high vibration when you have money versus when you're struggling to pay your bills. That's for sure. Yeah. At the table of decision makers. And that's really why I do this work because I believe more women need more money. It's up to us to save the planet. It really is. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that if we're working three jobs, just trying to put food on the table. Amen. Amen to that sister. Yes. Let's help all of us. So if you're, oh my gosh, I hope y'all are so inspired by what was just said that you can do it. I also have been in that space of 
struggling as a single mom and trying to bring in money and have to pay all the bills and provide for my kids while doing my purpose work and having lots of judgments flung my way because I'm charging money for services as a healer. Yeah, I had to break that cycle because I, this is my purpose work. This is what I'm here to do. I'm here to contribute my gifts. I'm here to also provide for my family. And I, you know, it's like we need to change the conversation around this on the planet so that women really embrace prosperity through their own good works and their own hearts and not through some other masculine paradigm. So beautiful. How inspiring. I hope that um, this has really lit everybody up. And is there a way that people get, um, like, do you have a, like a, a link or do people just go to your website to, I think you have a free offer. We have a free book, the Art of Feminine Marketing Guidebook, which is a great place to start. And then I would invite everybody to join us on our Facebook group at Feminine Marketing Magic because uh, we do a lot of really fun business building, spiritual business building stuff in that group. Perfect. So I will put the link in uh, the show notes for everybody to that free gift, the Art of Feminine Marketing Guide for you guys to check out. Thank you so much for contributing your wisdom, Julie. And I'm encouraging everybody out there, please, you know, like and share this, you know, share it out. Give us a rating on iTunes. I'm always asking for your help in this regard, because it really does make a difference when you like and share on any one of these platforms where you found this episode, it boosts all of the episodes and all of the interviews with all of the fantastic people, many of whom are women that I interview. And if we really want to support women in leadership, then this is the one really big way to do it. So please do that if you can, if you feel motivated to, and we're going to give you kisses. Would you like to join me with kisses? Yeah. yeah. We're just going to kiss and share love you guys have a beautiful day everybody thank you julie and we'll see you next time on soul nectar show bye for now to dive in deeper to nourishing conversation visit soul nectar dot show Take a sip from the drip of the nectar, from the source of the